Welcome to the Transform Recruitment Marketing Podcast, sponsored by Smashfly. The podcast focused on the talent acquisition community and talking to practitioners to share insights, best practices, and trends that help the discipline of recruitment marketing grow and prosper. I'm your host, Chris Brablick. This episode is from our recent webinar on talent analytics. Smashfly CMO Lori Silvia moderate a lively conversation with Debbie Salato of Citizens Bank and Greg Giambenko of Cumberland Farms and how they ensure accuracy in their data and the analytics they use to make strategic decisions. It's worth a listen. This is Lori Sylvia. I am the CMO here at Smashfly, and I'm super excited to be here today with both Debbie and Greg and to tap into their knowledge and expertise around a subject that um, I really love, which is talent analytics. Um, but before we get started, I, I want to make just a couple additional announcements. Um, as we said before, uh, we'd love for you to um, use the hashtag Talent Analytics. We have a live conversation going on right now on Twitter. We do a lot of live tweeting during our webinars, so please join into the, the conversation. And the second thing I wanted to do is just give a quick shout-out to a new um, Facebook group called Transform Recruitment Marketing. We're really excited to be supporting this community of recruitment marketers and um, employment brand managers and talent acquisition leaders on Facebook. It is moderated by the amazing Tim Sackett, who probably many of you um, know and follow him. And it already has over 150 members, and it's shaping up to be just a great space for industry discussion and knowledge sharing and, of course, networking with your peers. So when you get a chance, um, I invite you to check it out. So, okay, on to our webinar. Um, today we're, we're talking about, as I said, one of my favorite topics, which is talent analytics. And we're going to spend this next hour gaining insight into the way, the way that these two forward-thinking talent acquisition and employment brand leaders, which are um, Greg and Debbie, um, collect and analyze and leverage their data in order to make smarter decisions. So thank you again, um, Debbie and Greg, for, for joining me in this webinar. And to all of you in the audience, we hope that you come away with some actionable ideas on how to leverage analytics in your own um, talent acquisition and recruitment marketing strategies. So what key topics will we be covering today? Well, we'll start by understanding what recruiting data Greg and Debbie are measuring, um, what questions they're asking, and what metrics they pay attention to the most. And next, we'll talk about how they measure, so what tools and strategies they're using to capture the data, and, and also how to find out if that data is trustworthy and reliable. We'll then talk about how they use to drive uh, how they use data, excuse me, to drive decision making, and how they're being measured by leadership, or maybe how they should be measured by leadership. 
Um, and finally, we'll end with some fresh ideas for, um, for our audience who are just getting started in building um, your talent analytics strategy. So we will try to leave around 10 minutes or so at the end of the webinar for your questions. And please submit any questions that you have for Debbie or Greg or myself throughout the call, and we'll try to answer as many of them as we can before the, the hour is up. Um, so before we dive into questions for our panelists, I thought that I would set the stage a bit on the topic of talent analytics. Um, and whether you're an employer branding or recruitment marketing or talent acquisition or even marketing like myself, I think really no matter what field you're in, measurement is king. And I often say to my team here at Smashfly, if you can't measure it, it didn't happen. Um, this applies to everything we do from tracking the performance of our strategies and campaigns to getting buy-in from our leadership for new resources to, to proving the impact that we have on the business. Um, because if you can't measure it, if there's no data to prove your effectiveness, then I think you risk focusing on activities and not on outcomes. And what value does that really provide at the end of the day? Um, you know, just ask yourself, what's, what's more powerful saying, I think we made better quality hires in 2016 than we did in 2015, or here's how we improved the quality of our hires over the past 12 months. You know, um, and this is why measurement is so vital to understanding what parts of your strategy are performing well and delivering results and which parts aren't yielding any results and need to be reevaluated, perhaps even, you know, dropped. Um, one of the things that I push my team on here is we want to move from I think to I know because this is a sign of maturity, being able to learn from our successes and our failures and make smarter decisions about where we invest our resources. And, and, you know, just think about changing your own language. And it's super powerful to say, it's not that I'm guessing at something. It's that I have data to back up what it is I'm about to, to, to say to you. Um, because ultimately, I think it's only through accurate data and then constant measurement um, can you really capture what you need to make better decisions. And it's always about just continuously getting better. And you really need to make decisions based on data that you trust because data has the power to tell stories and to tell us what we need to know um, and also to reveal what we don't know. And I think one of the most powerful things in business um, is that it can remove the emotion and the guesswork. So hopefully if we do a good job with measuring data and analyzing that data and bringing insight to the business, um, then we'll really be able to move the whole talent acquisition profession forward. Um, so let's take a look at, at an example here um, with the candidate journey. So, I mean, clearly I think everyone is joining in here because we all believe that capturing data is important, but one of the things that I want to explore with our panelists today is, is what data points are we capturing in both employment branding and recruitment marketing and talent acquisition, and and when are we capturing that data? Um, and what we see here is the recruiting funnel. So, 
um, there on the right, and also a sample candidate journey on the left. Um, what we've seen in the past is that talent acquisition has focused on metrics like um, application completion rate and the number of applications received per job requisition or the cost per hire and the source of hire. And I think all of these metrics have really one thing in common, which is that they're focused on the bottom half of the recruiting funnel from application to hire. And the problem with focusing on the bottom half alone is that you're really missing out on a lot of valuable data to measure where you probably spend most of your time, resources, and budget, which is in finding and attracting the candidates to your employer brand and to your jobs. And so you're missing out on the chance to move from a reactive hiring model where, you know, you're starting every rec from scratch to a proactive model that is brand-led and it's relationship-based, where you've already built a connection with the right candidates before you need to hire them. And if you want to know what's going on in your recruiting funnel, then you really can't start collecting data at the application stage. Um, research shows that candidates touch 12 to 18 different sources of information before they even click apply. And by the time they're submitting an application, they've probably already done their research and made up their mind about your employer brand. And I know this is something that probably Debbie can, can speak to quite a bit. Um, so if we just, you know, just to bring this point home here and walking through a sample candidate journey, we can see that, you know, we've got a candidate and she starts her search um, through Google, like most candidates I think do. And she's looking for a job in engineering. And she, she might end up on your career site. And after doing, you know, a little browsing there, she's thinking that this company seems sort of interesting and, and then goes to take a look at your social channels, um, probably visits um, your Twitter page or your LinkedIn profile. And maybe, you know, for today she stops there, but then, you know, a couple weeks later she might go to a campus event and she's learning more about your company from employees that she meets there. And she's hearing their stories about what it's like to work for your organization. And this leads her to do some more research. Maybe she jumps back on LinkedIn and she wants to see, you know, who your hiring managers are and more importantly see if she knows anyone who works there and finds out that, you know, a friend of a friend is in your engineering department and so they connect over email. And ultimately she goes back to your career site and she ends up on a job landing page which has content that's personalized to engineers. And this is where she makes a decision to apply and she submits her application. Now, your ATS is able to capture only one step of that entire journey. It's the last step, which in talent acquisition we call the source of hire. And in marketing, this is called the conversion point. It's the last thing they touched before they converted um, on a form into becoming an applicant. But what about the first point of interaction the candidate had with your employer brand and also the many sources of influence along the way? Or what if, like, in the middle of the application, she gets busy and she forgets to complete it? So you've got, you know, a great candidate sitting there who's already demonstrated interest in your company and probably has determined that she's a great fit and probably has the skills that you're looking for, but you have no data on her because she hasn't yet clicked to apply for a job. Um, and so that's what we want to talk about. 
today is the top half of this recruiting funnel as well as recruiting and try to take an end-to-end view because these disciplines go hand-in-hand. Um, employer branding, recruitment marketing, um, and recruiting all are making up really a modern talent acquisition organization. And and if we consider the candidate journey, it's clear that true talent analytics needs to begin at awareness and track the candidate journey all the way um, to hire. So um, with that, hopefully it sets us up for a very interesting discussion today on talent analytics. And I want to now bring in our panelists and hear from both Debbie and Greg. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Good afternoon. Great, great. So let's jump into our first question. And the first question I want to ask each of you is what are you measuring? And I think, um, you know, having both of you on this uh, webinar is great because, Debbie, I know you're bringing the employment branding expertise, and, Greg, you're bringing um, the talent acquisition expertise. So I think both of you can um, can contribute something quite interesting to the discussion. So, so let's start with, you know, what are you measuring? What, what in your opinion, are the most important key performance indicators or KPIs um, for talent acquisition and employment branding? So, like, are time to hire and cost to hire still the <clears throat> most important metrics in TA? Let's start first with, with Greg, and then we can move to Debbie. Yeah, so in my role uh, at Cumberland Farms, we focus on the retail hourly workforce. So we're hiring about 5,000 uh, entry-level hourly employees a, a year. And the three things that we track or are measured on are uh, retention, engagement, and customer service. And you know, while time to hire and, and costs are important, uh, it's more critical today that we get the correct hire done the first time. So there's been much more of a, a shift in our strategy on focusing on branding and, and focusing on telling our story in ways that we can attract the individual that will stay with us and perform well when they're working for us. Great. Debbie, how about you? Sure. Um, so we uh, we have a tremendous amount of data. I would say um, Citizens is a highly uh, data-driven organization, and um, so we pretty much measure everything um, in employer brand and in our talent acquisition function. Um, what I'll talk about is really our metrics around um, the recruitment marketing space. Um, we do measure in the same funnel that you had previously shown, um, but if I pull out a couple of those key metrics um, that we report to our head of HR quarterly, um, we sort of bucket them um, by marketing channel. So um, if we look at our, our media strategy, some of the metrics that we pull out would be our percent of hires overall from media, our cost per hire, our app-to-hire ratio, our app-to-interview ratio, and um, something that we're exciting, excited about that we haven't started but um, are working on is to match our source of hire uh, to uh, assessment scores um, to, again, look at getting that right quality candidate. I think that's really our focus when we're looking at media. It's not necessarily volume of applications. We're really looking at our efficiency ratios um, and getting that quality candidate um, to make the right hire. 
So um, those are some key metrics. How we track that is through double click tags um, uh, through our agency. So we it's it's reported uh, through the the cookies basically, um, and it's not we're not using self reported data. So it is very accurate. Um, when we look at social, um, the the key metric here is our engagement ratio. Um, you know, looking at the audiences that we're targeting, how they're engaging with our content. If you look at our website, um, we look at uh, visits, time on page, organic traffic, and organic hires. If you look at um, like our reputation, looking at our Glassdoor scores, our need ratings, and change over time. Um, and then another key metric uh, we focus on is our employee referrals. Um, it is a big focus for us, and we look at percent of hires um, uh, through employee referrals. And, the, and all of this data we look at month over month, year over year, to see if we have any trends. We and we'll probably adjust to how you know um, when we get to a couple questions further. What do we do with this data, and, and how do we use it to make better decisions? I'm interested. I mean, employer branding is something that's relatively new in in mm -hmm. talent acquisition. And so how does this differ from what you or your organization was measuring, you know, six months ago, two years ago, et cetera? Sure. So um, I've been with the organization for two and a half years. So my first year here was when we started the, the double quick tag. So we really got that in-depth data um, around um, are, you know, looking at path to conversion or the candidate journey, as you were describing, knowing what channels are part of the influence versus the conversion. Um, so I would say for us, this is, you know, it is newer. It's, you know, two and a half years in. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure prior to me how they were measuring the stuff. Uh, there was, uh, they've had employer brand marketing at Citizens for a while. They're a part of Royal Bank of Scotland. So, in the UK, uh, this seems to be a, a bit further along than in the US. Um, so I, I can't tell you exactly how it was done. I know that the level and the depth of our data has gotten uh, much more expansive um, since we implemented the double click tags. We do have an HR analytics team, um, so people with PhDs in, in, in industrial psychology and, and uh, analytics. Um, work for the bank, and so we have tons of data. They we use Tableau. They you know they're looking at trends. They're looking at you know prediction prediction uh, models. You know of turnover. So they're doing some pretty um, interesting stuff in the HR analytics space. Um, and I think that's evolved for us too. Um, like I said, we are a very data driven organization and use that to make um, business decisions. Yeah, I think in the world of finance, I, I mean, I do think of data, but I also think when it comes to, um, you know, cons on the consumer side, Greg, that um, there's a lot of data to make business decisions as well. And I think I heard you say one of the key metrics was customer service, right? Yeah, absolutely. What do you so mean by have, that? So we have, um, we mystery shop all our stores and all our employees once a week. Um, and then every month they're, they're actually bonused on the score that they get. Um, so again, if we can, you know, going back to the service profit chain, if, if we can hire good employees,
employees that stay with our company and are engaged, they'll provide good service to the customer who will then continue to shop in our stores and increase our profit margin, which we can then reinvest back into the employee. Um, so you, you need a customer service, at least in, in my industry, where it's, it's, it's customer facing, it's retail, um, it's fast moving, it's, it's critical to be able to track how the individual that we're bringing in is performing in our environment. And that's wow. one of the metrics that we use. Yeah. I mean, I think I heard both of you talk about ensuring that you get the right fit the first time and the quality of that employee and their impact on the business. And it's no longer, you know, just about bringing somebody into the organization, but it's about demonstrating how, how they're um, performing, why that hire was, was the right fit at the right time um, and, and your roles in, in demonstrating that. So um, I think that's, that's pretty advanced. Um, let, let's move on to our, our second question, which is how are you measuring? And I'm really interested in, you know, Debbie, I know you talked about like a lot of different um, tools that you're using. I'd like to hear, Greg, yours as well. But just in general, you know, what, what are the strategies that you have for measuring and what tools are you using to gather this, this data Tell us a little bit more about the operational side of things. Um, and Greg, why don't we um, why don't we start with you again? Yeah, we're we're not as sophisticated as Debbie. I'm kind of jealous of the tools that she has. <laughs> um, you know, so we we try to keep it pretty basic, or I try to keep the um, you know the goals very straightforward for my team. Um, you mentioned what did we track five years ago when it was all around your efficiencies, your your time on the phone with a candidate, your your number of touches before the hire, the applications before converting. Um, so we, we clearly track that. But I, I think if we just keep our focus to, you know, how is it impacting the business? And, it, and again, we, we focus on retaining the employee and, and we'll track where we're having drop off for that first, for our new hire within the first year. And what are some of the trends that folks are dropping off at that point in time? So we, we send exit interviews out to anyone who leaves our organization. We have employee surveys that we send out during different points of their, their first year with us. Um, trying to, again, identify some, some trends and, and then developing programs to target the areas where we're losing the, the majority of our, our team members within that first year. Okay. Yep. Um, and Debbie, give us a glimpse into the operational side of things for you. Okay. Um, so um, I think the most complex piece of our, our uh, measurement strategy is the, the double-click tag. So it's actually outsourced to our agency, and they apply pixel tags to all of our media that we procure through them. And it tracks um, all of our applications from our media sources and also tracks our candidate journey. And then essentially what they do um, is a, it's a manual process of we pull data out of our applicant tracking system of all of our hires and then they match it back um, to show us you know, which um, hires came from media and the candidate journey. So for media, that's how it's tracked. And then we get a dashboard monthly um, where we will review 
um, all of our, our metrics that I uh, mentioned previously as it relates to media, and we get a scorecard as well. Um, as it relates to social, that um, is pulled out of a tool that we have within the bank called Sprinkler, and it is a content distribution tool um, that has reporting. So that metric uh, comes out of that particular tool. Our website metrics um, comes from our agency as well, where our website is uh, hosted. Um, we also have access to Google Analytics um, to get uh, the traffic time on page, organic traffic, and um, organic hires. That particular piece comes from the agency. Um, when you look at reputation, Glassdoor, and Indeed, you can just go to your page and pull um, out of the dashboard uh, on Glassdoor. Um, Indeed, it's much um, less com uh, reporting, but you get that right through your page as well. Um, and then our employee referral, um, that comes from our HR analytics team. So we actually have this um, very robust recruiter dashboard um, where we can pull uh, metrics and data out ourselves. Um, so that is all within that uh, particular dashboard. Um, so there's, it, it comes from a lot of different places, which makes it a little bit, I think, complicated when you're trying to pull together um, and present to your leadership because there's just a lot of different things that you're measuring and the data is coming from different places. Um, so something that we're working on with our agency partner is really to pull together a full picture um, versus getting these data points, you know, in, in different um, ways. Because I think when you're looking at a marketing strategy, it's really important to understand the full picture. Um, and, and the data tells a different story when you look at them all together um, versus if you look at them as, as one piece, uh, because a lot of them are interconnected. So, for example, if you have a social media post and you're driving people to your cruise site, um, to read the content piece, but you also have your call to action as apply now. You are you need to track through and see what that is actually doing. And those are all different uh, marketing channels that are interconnected. So it's important to see that full picture. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing, I mean, you're really focusing in on sources um, and, um, and, and trying to pull that together from a lot of uh, different places. And I, I wonder, Greg, for, for you, um, you know, when so focused on business outcomes, I mean, how much confidence do you have in the integrity of the data that you're using? Is, is, that, a, is that something that you, that's a challenge for you at Cumberland Farms? Um, yeah, so the confidence is, is pretty high, but the effort that it takes to compile the data uh, is time-consuming. Um, you know, and again, what I've learned in my career that if if you're not attaching your your goals and metrics to a business outcome, you know, it can be a priority for you and your department. But if the business doesn't understand uh, the goals that you have, they're not going to fund it. Uh, so I've tried to simplify our goals around the impact that people will have on the business. Um, and, and to that end, you know, a fair amount of my work is pulling data from all different sources and compiling it in a very simplistic, easy-to-read approach, you know, and, and here are the three drivers that we want to try to track. Um, here are the elements that go into it, and here are the dollars that I need to be able to impact that number. But it, it is time-consuming. 
Yeah. I mean, both, both of you, that's one of the things that I'm here hearing. It's like, if you want to really dig in and have data that helps you demonstrate the value of what you're bringing to the business, it's, it sounds like both of you are, are challenged with a lot of effort in, in, in order to, to do that. And I, I wonder if, um, if there are benchmarks that you use. So where Debbie, I'm sure like there's a lot of marketing benchmarks out there, Greg, in your, in your case, um, are, are there benchmarks that, that you're using to, to measure yourself against with the, the three core KPIs that you're using? Yeah, absolutely. Within the convenience store industry, we were benchmarked and then also within retail, uh, we're benchmarked. So those are, those are three of the pretty main drivers, including also turnovers is one that's added. Um, but I think data is pretty powerful and, and sometimes it can be too powerful. And, and our goal, I know Debbie and, and, and myself, our goal is to, to have the data tell a story and to try to simplify it um, to, again, get what we want and we need, which is generally budget, so that we can then focus on uh, what's important to us in talent acquisition. And I, I understand and I know that the marketplace has changed and, and candidates uh, are approaching job opportunities much different than even five years ago. For me to relay that information onto our senior leaders is is time consuming. They just might not get it or understand it. Um, so I need to put the drivers in front of them from a business perspective to say, you know, we're not retaining our candidates and that's costing us X. And if we can increase retention, we're going to make more money. And I need this to increase our retention and then take those dollars and invest them into my, my talent acquisition marketing strategies. But kind of use the data to tell a story, but just tell enough of a story that you, you gain interest and commitment from your leaders to, to move forward with your initiatives. That's a great point. And, you know, just continuing on this path, because it really leads into the next question, which is, I mean, do you have an example of um, a data-driven decision that you've made recently or helped, helped leadership to make recently? Yeah, within the, the last, we, we've now had this implemented for the last 12 months. Uh, at the 60-day mark, we have an increase in pay of 50 cents. And, you know, we lo- used our data to see where we're losing candidates, um, you know, where we're spending a lot of money for training, so cost per hire, training cost per candidate. Um, and we determined that at the 60-day mark, uh, we needed to increase their pay to retain them. And they're fully trained at that point as well. Um, which was a significant investment on the business side, but we were able to make our point, provide data, and show a story. And now we're tracking the difference or our increased retention rate at the 60-day mark today, as opposed to where we were a year ago. That's super powerful. And Debbie, how about you? I mean, from an employment branding perspective, is there um, a data-driven decision that you can point to recently that... um, Okay, great. Yeah, um, I can think of two. Um, uh, So one is uh, our social media strategy. So last year, at the beginning part of the year, um, we were really just getting um, much more, um, I would say, we're just getting, you know, we're just really starting um, in social and creating content and, and sharing through 
um, our social channels. I think banking is <laughs> lags behind in that space, um, given our compliance and regulations. Um, so, you know, I think month over month, we really weren't seeing great results of our engagement. We were below benchmark. Um, and really, we were trying to figure out what, why. You know, so we started to look at the data. We, you know, we we reevaluated our audiences. We reevaluated our campaign strategy. Um, we were sort of just doing one post at a time. You know, we weren't putting enough money. We realized our audience wasn't the right target. Um, so using data, we were able to shift our strategy and come up with a new way to approach um, um, social. And, and so what we did was we moved to a campaign structure where we would have three to four posts. We adjusted the audiences. We adjusted the spend. We adjusted the length of time it ran. And then we tracked how that um, improved month over month and started to tweak as using data um, as we saw either something was or wasn't working to a point where we were double the benchmark by the end of the year for our engagement rate. Um, so I think that was pretty powerful. And then the other thing I can point to is our media strategy and our media mix from last year. Um, so we... We changed our strategy from 15 to 16. We sort of went to fewer vendors, bigger spend um, with those particular vendors. Um, and we saw a drop in our percent of hires for media. It was, it was significant. Um, and so using our data, we, we evaluated. Uh, we did a couple of pilots with some other media uh, partners. And then we evaluated which one was driving the best quality applicant by looking at our app-to-hire and app-to-interview ratios. And then we, we adjusted our media strategy throughout the year um, based on that data and um, used performance metrics to determine our strategy, media mix and strategy for 17. And we're already seeing a marked improvement um, in our metrics for media. So um, we certainly keep our pulse on all of our our. Um, it, insights and the stories that we're seeing from the data and making decisions accordingly. That's awesome. How how do you present, Debbie, your your measurements, your analytics, your insights to to leadership? I want to then ask, like, how how are you being measured by them? But I'm just interested, like, quickly in. Is that in the form of um, a spreadsheet, a PowerPoint, s- some other um, dashboard that you have access to? Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've gone through a couple iterations and I've landed on a very simple two slides because that's about all the time I get in our TBRs with our <laughs> head of HR. Um, but she loves employer brand, which is so exciting um, for me because she, you know, she really wants to dive into it. Um, so I have two slides. I, they're broken into thirds. And um, so I sort of have the categories that I mentioned. So I'll have like one third is media. So I'll give, you know, those key metrics and then I'll give a couple bullets explaining it. Um, and then a visual from our dashboard showing like um, some of our trends. And then I have a, a third is our um, uh, website traffic, which includes organic traffic, organic hires, you know, a couple of key metrics there, and then some explanation. Then I have social. And then on the next page, I have um, employee referral. Um, then I have our reputation, which is Glassdoor. And then the last one is just some key projects that I'm working on with the business line. So I really try to boil it down 
keep it high enough level. I always include benchmarks because we're always asked, how does that compare? Um, yeah. Is that good? What does that mean? Um, so we, we've learned, you know, how she thinks. And so we've, um, I think, gotten to a good spot with, the, with these slides that I've created. I think it really does what we need it to do. Um, and it works. Not to say we wouldn't change it or tweak it. Um, I have done some more in-depth presentations with her where she really wanted to get into some of the details. And so one of the things that I put together was the funnel um, that you showed. And I and I literally pulled all of our metrics for each portion of the funnel so she could see all the way through what we measured. Um, but that's a little bit more detailed than what I, what I normally um, share with her. Um, but that's that's really how I've approached it to try to keep it, you know, key key metrics with a benchmark and a couple points on what does this mean. So two slides is all they have, <laughs> the time, all the time that you have to present and make your point. Yeah. And I wonder, yeah. Greg, like if you're in the same um, situation where you're boiling it down to like a couple of slides um, for them or some some other format that you're using to present. Your story. Yeah, like like Debbie, you have limited time uh, with your senior leaders, and and I get um, once a quarter we sit down with the CEO and the our, our retail leaders, and I have an hour to tell my story, ask for resources, and and justify why. Um, so you've got to be creative, you've got to be quick, and you've got to be straight to the point and simple. Um, so it's it's all the data that you, you pull together and it's, it's, it's sifting through that data to make uh, clear points with good detail. Cause if they do drill into a number, you have to be prepared to talk about it um, to make your case and to, you know, ask for funding or, or whatever your goal is to justify your, your, your direction. And, and so once a quarter we sit down and, and I have a, kind of an agenda. We keep the same format, um, linking the quarterly meetings together. So if I can't get buy-in at that quarter, I'll position it for the next quarter. Um, but yeah, you have an hour. That's it. You better be yeah. good. You better be quick. Four, four hours a year. Um, and so what, what are the metrics that your leadership is most interested in? Well, it's always money. It's always profitability. Um, you, know, you you have to, or at least I do, and, and you've got to view your department as a cost center and and what value or, or benefit are we bringing back to the company? Uh, so they're going to fund our department. What are we giving them back for those dollars? Um, if, if we can, again, go back to that service uh, profit chain model, if we can get the personnel part, you know, we own the people. If we can get the right people in the right positions at the right time to generate more profits for our store, they're going to continue to invest in the machine that gets those folks in the stores. Um, so if we keep it to that and we say, you know, you know, our, our turnover is going down, our retention is going up, our engagement scores are, are going up, our customer service scores are going up, there's more, no more sales in the store. To do that, we have to invest back into our employee. So now we look at our mm -hmm. benefits and, and why someone want to stay at Cumberland Farms and look for areas to be best in class in that area. And if you can paint that store and you can paint that um, service profit chain model and they understand it and they buy into it, they'll invest in different programs that you can then turn around and give back to your employees 
to give you content to tell your story on social media, to say why you're a great place to work and why people should come to Cumberland Farms. That's awesome. I really love the focus you have on the on on business outcomes. I think that's definitely a key takeaway for us listening in to the, to this discussion. Um, and so I'm sure that there's a lot of people in the audience that would love to um, be, let's say, as advanced as both of you are in measuring either the entire talent acquisition um, and management strategy to even something like the employment branding strategy. So what what are the biggest tips that you could provide to, to, to those folks who are just starting out? Um, and we'd love to hear from you, Debbie, first. Sure. Um, so I think a couple things. Um, I think you need to partner with your key stakeholders to understand what's important to them. Um, you know, and, and, you know, what are you being measured on? What does, what does good look like for your organization? What is, you know, what is, what are those key data points that are meaningful? Um, I think from there, figure out how are you going to measure those things? How are you going to get that data? Um, You know, whether it's, so for us, I'll tell you, a lot of it is, what is it going to get me? How many hires is it going to get me? If I'm investing in this media or I'm making this video or I'm doing this, you know, um, social strategy, how many hires is that going to get me? And so some of my job is explaining not everything is a conversion to hire. Some of it's sort of top of funnel. Um, but I think if you understand what, what those drivers are, then figuring out how are you going to collect that data, right? So for us, since a lot of it is based on hires, having our, our pixel tags or, you know, cookies on, on all of our uh, media, on our email, on our social media, we can literally track everything. Um, so for us, that was very important, and we do invest in that versus self-reported data. Um, because how many hires we get from our work is a critical factor um, for our leadership. So I think um, investing in the tools to get you the data that you need um, is, is, is very important. And then I think how you take that data and use it to make business decisions and articulate um, the good work that you're doing and showing your value as a function, um, I think is very important. I, I love your quote, you know, know what good looks like, <laughs> figure out yeah. what, what do you want to measure and then how, yeah. how you're going to make that happen. Um, yeah. And so Greg, how, how about for you? Like, what are some tips that you could offer your peers who are just starting out with a metric strategy? Yeah, I think the first is to um, focus on the analytics, you know, whether that means you, you go out and hire someone to track your analytics or you um, become more um, more in the know around analytics because right? it all starts with data and you have to be able to take that data again and, and drill it down to how that impacts the business. Uh, and if you can't do that, you're not going to get funding, which is, again, that's our primary job. So while something can be interesting and, and, and I can talk – you know, cost per hire all day long. And I can talk about average time to fill all day long, but that doesn't excite the business leaders who are then funding your department or your initiatives. So you've got to take really what your passions are 
and, and put them to the back and, and use data to find out what drives business and, and how you can help the business make good decisions leveraging that data. So to that end, it starts with data. You, you need to be able to track the data, extract the data, and have that tell a story. I love that. That's another great quote is, is, is data tells a story. And, and I, you know, you, you, you mentioned this earlier. And, and so it's like, what, what story does your data tell or what would you like it to tell? And then what, again, what data do you need in order to, to support what you're trying to achieve? So um, I think both, both of you have offered really great advice for folks who are just getting started. Um, so I want to thank both Debbie and Greg for sharing your insights with us. And before we turn it over to some questions from our audience, um, I'd like to just, you know, share, I guess, a few golden rules of data. Um, And first, data needs to be from a clean and trustworthy source. Um, I think ask yourself, you know, would would you stake your reputation on what you're about to present? And would you allow yourself and even your leadership to make critical decisions using the data that you're providing. Um, and if you need to, you know, if you're, if you're concerned about that, then I think it's time to, to, to do something about it. You really need to ensure that you have data that is trustworthy. Um, the second point is know why you're measuring it. So, you know, collecting data is great, and there's certainly like a lot of different uh, metrics that we can collect in talent acquisition. But I think what we've heard today is that it's meaningless unless you know what you're truly asking and why you're asking it, and also um, what it is that you need to understand and who else will consume the data and what do they need to know and why. Um, this last point was something that we heard from um, John Cudine from Thomson Reuters, who presented at Smashfly's Transform Recruitment Marketing Conference a few months ago. We've got a great video of John's presentation um, where he talks about how he's brought a lot of analytics and measurement into the talent acquisition function at Thomson Reuters, and we'll make sure to share that that video link with the audience. And finally, um, you know, putting your data into action, setting time aside to actually examine and analyze the data that you're collecting and see what impact that your team and your strategy is having on the business. Um, Because I think we've heard both Greg and Debbie talk about how their senior leadership really sits up and, and, and pays attention to 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 the analytics that they can bring to the table, and um, you can have all the the data in the world, but then it's it's meaningless unless you put it into action. So then, you know, what do you do following that QBR, or following that meeting um, with with your CHRO um, to make the next quarter even even stronger? <clears throat> um, one last thing before we jump into the Q and A, I want to give one more shout out to the. Transform RM Facebook group. So if you've enjoyed the discussion today, I really encourage you to check out this page. Um, it's already turning out to be a really vibrant conversation on all aspects of recruitment marketing, including measurement and analytics. And we'd really love to see this discipline growing and, and helping you demonstrate the value to the business. So feel free to share this with your friends or your colleagues um, who you think would, would find value in joining this group. So thank you very much for joining us today. And now I'm going to turn it over to Holly to lead us through 
the Q&A portion of the webinar. Awesome. Thanks so much. And a big thank you to Lori, Debbie, and Greg for sharing your expertise and offering those best practices on the topic. We have had just a few questions come in over the course of this webcast, and I'd like to get as many in, excuse me, as many in as we can. So HCI members, if you haven't yet submitted any questions, please do so now. You can do that by simply entering your questions on the Q&A box right there on the webcast page, and we'll go in and get started. So we have a first question coming in from Kristen, and she wants to know from Debbie, do you ever get data fatigue and what data elements have really made a difference for your company? That's that's funny. Um, Yes. (laughs) So, you know, I I think for me, um, I've had to learn um, to become very analytical and appreciate the value of data. Um, and, and I, I very much embrace it and I think it's very powerful. Um, so for me, it's not my natural, uh, instinct to want to dig in, but, um, I've, I've, I've really, um, changed my perspective and I think in, and, and seeing the value and that it does open doors to whether it's get budget or to, you know, launch a new program or to get buy-in from leadership. So I do think it's, um, it's, it's very important. Um, can you remind me of the second part of that question? <laughs> sure. It says, what data elements have really made a difference for your company? Um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily one particular element. Uh, I think it's that we've been able to pull all this data from all different sources to tell our story as an employer brand function and really show the value that we're bringing to the organization. Um, so much so that when our head of TA presented to our board of directors, um, this was a big part of its presentation. So it really shows how much the organization values um, our work. And I think the only reason that we've gotten uh, to that place is because we have data to show it um, and show the ROI and um, show the difference that it's making and bringing in the best talent in the market. Great. Bringing in good talent is definitely important. And our next question comes from another Kristen that's on the line with us. And she says, the topic of the funnel is measured by web analytics. The bottom half happens in your ATS. How do you measure the complete funnel? And was that um, for me or for Greg? Uh, not directed yeah. toward a specific presenter. Um, so whoever would, would like to take it. Okay. I can, I can talk a, a little bit about it because um, we do um, look through the funnel. Um, so my, my funnel is a little bit different. So I have awareness, research, consider, apply, and hire. Um, so we are able to look at both the top and the bottom of the funnel. I think you're pulling data from different sources um, to really pull, you know, pull together that full picture. We don't have just like one place we can go to see the, the full funnel as of right now. Um, I do know we are moving in that direction. We do have a new metrics gateway through our agency that's going to be pulling all of this data to one place. Um, but right now it's a little bit more um, pulling together information to, to create a full funnel picture. Um, so, you know, if you have the right tool, you can do it. Um, otherwise, I think it's a, it's a manual process and going to your different sources to get that information. Yeah, and this is Laurie. Just to chime in um, on that, that there is technology that that can help you measure um, your entire candidate journey from awareness all the way 
to hire. Um, and so, you know, I'd encourage people to look into recruitment marketing platforms. Um, that is one technology that I know can, can provide that for you. Yep. All right, great. Thank you, guys. The next question we have is also not directed to anyone particular, um, but it says for quality of hire, when do you measure it at 60 days or 90 days or other post-hire? Greg, can you yeah, jump can, in here? I think this would be great for you. Yeah, sure. Um, so we do 30, 60, 90 in one year for our first, for our new team members. And, you know, again, if we can retain longer and they become trained and, and more profitable to the, to the store, uh, I think we've, we've determined that around the, the, the 60 day mark is when it's a quality hire. And now we're, uh, we're making money on the, on the individual. Uh, so now if we can retain them from 60 days to a year and, and what, what sorts of retention tools do we need to, to develop, to make sure that once we do identify that quality hire, that we can keep them. But uh, we, we feel around the 60 day mark is where we've determined if it's a quality hire. All right. Great. Michael or excuse me, Greg, I'm looking at another screen. Our question comes from Michael, and he says, do you measure the recruiter's performance on the same metrics, or are there different KPIs? I can talk a little bit about this, and Greg might be better to answer this question, but um, our recruiters are, are, there are surveys that go out to the candidate and the hiring manager to rate their um, experience with our recruiters. Um, I don't know all of the, the exact questions. I would say they are, um, they are not measured on the same things that um, employer brand is measured on, um, but it is about quality of experience, you know, um, interaction, uh, information given on job support, um, Again, I can't give, I don't know all of the details, but we, we do um, measure our recruiters in that. And then we have other metrics like their time to fill. We have to, we, um, from a compliance perspective, they have audit scores, how many you know fills they have over their goal. So there's, there's a number of metrics for our recruiters, but they're not the same as for me. Yeah, and then from my perspective, we use a lot of the traditional uh, metrics to measure recruiter. So we have, and it's all, it's, I mean, recruiting is an activity-based business. So you're going to measure dials. You're going to measure time to fill. You're going to measure, you know, how many recs were filled. And then you're going to measure from a quality of hire perspective, how long the individuals that they've uh, placed have stayed in those roles. Um, so really the internal metrics from measuring your recruiting team hasn't really changed in the last, you know, 15 years. It's all activity-based measurement. All right. Great. Thank you, Greg. And we'll throw over one more question. Um, if you only had enough resources to invest in a single area of your talent analytics strategy next year, what would you choose? Um, so for, for me, I would say um, having the uh, double click tags um, and the, the support uh, that comes with that from an analytic perspective is critical for us, just given the amount of um, data that we need to to prove our ROI. I think um, 
for us, that's critical. Um, so having a way to track your performance of your various channels um, outside of self-reported sourcing. And for me, it would be a recruitment marketing platform. You know, again, that's a top part of the funnel that um, we're not able to track effectively today. Um, and, and what we've done is we've made an investment in a recruitment marketing platform to be able to measure that. Yeah, great point, guys. We have wrapped up our material for today, but please feel free to continue this discussion on Twitter using the hashtag HCIChat as well as hashtag Talent Analytics. I would like to say one more thank you to our presenters today, Lori, Debbie, and Greg, and also to everyone at Smashfly for making this webcast possible. To all of our HCI members, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. For those interested in learning more about source of influence metrics and how it could transform your talent acquisition strategy, I encourage you to go to smashfly.com and under resources, download our guide to source of influence, what, why, and how. It provides insight into how forward-thinking organizations are measuring the impact of their employer brand through every interaction in the candidate journey. Go download it for free today.